Hey, 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 you guys. This is so exciting for me to talk to our next guest. And she's actually, she doesn't know this part, but she's going to be my final guest of season five of Black Canvas. So I was so glad to be able to talk with her and be able to schedule her to be my final guest for season five. But she is an independent UK soul newcomer, and her name is Mika Miller. And she has an effortless storytelling ability with soulful qualities to her voice that's reminiscent of many classic greats. She has a song that's called Preacher Man, which is lifted from Mika's self-written, arranged, and produced debut album, Heaven Knows, which will be out on June 2022, which explores themes of human nature, spirituality, love, oppression, inequality, and female empowerment. The music draws inspiration from a plethora of vintage soundscapes, most notably soul, blues, gospel, and jazz, with respectful nods paid to girl groups of the 60s and 70s and classic Motown. Given her songs a timeless quality that is both reassuringly familiar, but yet distinctively hers. Against all odds, heaven knows was completed during a tumultuous time in Mika's life, not only having to adapt to the effects of COVID on the industry, shifting from studio sessions to remote recording, a big enough feat in itself. But in 2020, Mika's world was turned upside down when she broke her back, narrowly escaping permanent paralysis from the waist down. In extreme pain and having to learn to walk again, all recording came to an halt and nine months of Mika found herself still recovering from her injuries, amongst which her core muscles, formerly powering her ever-present soaring vocals, had deteriorated. But instead of giving up, like most would, Mika decided to push through these challenges, taking on rigorous rehabilitation and never losing sight of her vision for her album. The result is sublime. It's understandable and totally compelling. Heaven Knows is a timeless collection of modern soul showcasing a confident new artist who's not only found her own voice, but one that puts everything life has thrown at her into her art. And thank you so much, Mika, for being on this show. I really, really am so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to be here. Well, the pleasure is always mine when I can talk to not only newcomers in the music industry, but I love talking to soul artists and people, you know, from around the world. I'm in Louisiana and you're in the UK. And it's just like, if it wasn't for this show, I mean, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. So COVID has done a lot of things for many people, but I always say this has been a way for me to really connect with individuals that I love and I admire. Absolutely. It has definitely on the positive side, it for sure has enabled a lot more connections globally. That happened with for me with the album as well. So I totally get what you're saying. Well, I'm just excited to have you here. And I have some fun, quick questions I'm going to ask. He's going to be like rapid fire, the first three questions. And then the other ones, you'll be able to kind of take your time and just kind of think about your response. You ready? Okay. okay. Yeah, ready. Okay. So the first thing we're going to talk about is Heaven knows. Has there been someone really close to you that you have lost? And if you had the opportunity to sit beside them right now, what is one thing that you would want to tell them or what would you want to also hear them say back to you? 
Oh, wow. That's such a good question. Um, so it's funny because you asked me about Heaven Knows. So I actually wrote that song and I, I didn't know that I wrote. I didn't realise it was the day, but I wrote that on my granddad's birthday who passed away a few years ago. And I would say to him, oh, gosh, what would I say? Well, I'm sure he knows. But, you know, when I was a teenager, I was having a, a lot of troubles. And I remember him like, you know, taking me under his wing and being really sort of straightforward with me about his life and things that he'd experienced. And I would say to him how much I appreciated that at that age and how it stuck with me until you know till until this day and I'd say thank you for heaven knows (laughs) I love that thank you so much for sharing that Mika I I always say that our our ancestors and people who have given us so much the tutelage and things they've shown us and and it just creates who we are as a human being and I know my grandpa and I talk about him all the time on the podcast and I just actually talked to Culture Code um, who I love great of course band but when I talked about my grandpa, I just started bringing emotions within me because it's going to be on this Tuesday coming up. It's going to be over, I'm trying to think how many years, 19 years since he's passed. Wow. Yeah. And it's just that transition for me being a teenager going through that and now being an adult, it was like, he's still with me and he's mm-hmm. given me so much. And when I heard Heaven Knows and I saw your video, the, I was like, wow, this is something that I needed to hear. And it, it transcends in so many different ways of my emotions, how I connected with the song. So thank you so much for producing and and, write, and having this song out there for us to hear. It's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So you ready for our second question? Indeed. Go for it. <laughs> well, okay. you quick fire. I wasn't expecting them to be such deep questions, but I like it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So this is another fun one. My lover, when was the last time someone told you that they love you? And what is your definition of love and how do you manifest love in your music? Oh, that's such a nice question. The last time someone told me they loved me was my best friend yesterday when he was leaving. He was here helping me because we put the remix out for Preacher Man yesterday. And so Two of my very good friends, Dan Lord and Holly Duckworth, were here helping me um, with administration, basically, and marketing things and all of that sort of stuff. And how do I manifest love in my songs? It's such That's such an interesting question. You know, I do think that when you put a lot of energy into expressing a particular emotion, that... that um, resonates with the universe in some way and you know I've often found with songs when I'm writing that you write about something and then like you you listen back to it sometimes you don't really know what you've written you know you don't really know what you're writing about at the time if it's just like a you know you're in a flow state or something like that and when you reflect on it later it's like gosh that happened like after I wrote about it so I suppose I should manifest um I should manifest love more in my songs sometimes they can be more reflective and um you know but but I think that you yeah that the energy that you put into songs definitely comes out and I think there's a lot of hopefulness in my songs and I think that's 
something that's kind of inside me and and I think you know you're on a bit of a loop there then aren't you which is and hopefulness is a a nice space to be in (laughs) it is and I kind of want to quote you Meek on something that you said that I thought was amazing you said I think as human beings we have lost a sense of spiritual purpose the joy of doing what you love going for, for your dreams and you said I've always believed that we all have a gift, something some people never uncover in themselves because of the circumstances of their lives in the society that we live in. And mm-hmm. I, I think that was such a powerful statement. I wanted the listeners to hear that. But I think taking a leap of faith that you've been able to do into the unknown, not knowing what your life was going to look like, but mm-hmm. that you were able to still find love in your music. And I always say as a musician, it's not just about the songs you sing or the songs you write. It's about the intonation and the inflection in your voice. And it's about how people feel once they hear it. And like I said, once I heard Heaven Knows, like I said, I knew for sure you were the type of singer that resonated with me. It reminded me a lot of like Adele, you know, um, Emily Santi. You know, I can list a lot of artists that really hit me in an emotional place. Mm-hmm. And I felt an emotional connection to to you through your music. So that just says a lot about you as a person. You can just feel a light around you when when I started talking with him. Like, wow, I can feel something different. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I, you know, I suppose I think I remember my dad's friend who's a musician, um, that I was around our house a lot when I was a kid. And I remember him saying to me, you know people when you sing and you sing what you mean and you sing from the heart people can hear that the difference between what that sounds like and what somebody sounds like when they're just singing or when they're just trying to sing or when they're singing to impress somebody or you know and I I think that's so true he compared it to like the sound of a baby crying and I remember thinking yeah, you know, that it's not something you can fake. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of, I think if when you, when you write from the heart and you're expressing what you write through singing, those inflections, you know, you have to train and, and um, practice like using a muscle, of course, but those inflections are there and they're very, um, they connect us, don't they? Because, you know, we use that in our in the ways that we communicate without singing when we're just talking. It, that's, you know, that's part of it, isn't it? They say, don't they? A lot of, you know, a lot of it's the, commu- the communication that we have is in the tone of voice, not necessarily just in the words you're saying. And I think that's so true in music. I remember actually listening to um, Aretha Franklin and what song was she singing? Oh, that's going to really annoy me if I can't think what it was but there was an Aretha Franklin song that I I never loved a man that's what it was and I remember listening to that song many years ago and thinking you know that that's what it is about you that makes you so great is that it's every single it's like she's speaking that song like she was preaching it you know what I mean And, and every single sort of note and tonality of each part of it was communicating something you know what I mean it's it's not just singing it she's she's saying it and she means it you know what I mean and I I take a lot I I took a lot from that you know listening to people like Aretha Franklin and I think um 
I think a lot of that for me just comes from the fact that obviously the songs are, the songs I write are, you know, my thoughts. And so I am trying to express something. And I think people, I think we, we all want to be understood, don't we, at the end of the day? That's what we're doing as human beings when we're communicating with each other. We all just want people to go, yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> um, so I suppose, yeah, that probably that's what you can hear when you're when you're listening. <laughs> I, I definitely heard that. And it just it kind of goes back to um, the connections that we build with our artists that we, we love. I mean, there's many new artists that come about each year and, and we know it's a lot easier now to release music when there's like TikTok and um, there's Instagram and then there's a lot of different apps that people use to kind of, you know, to help enhance their, their vocal abilities. And so you'll see a lot of like pop-up artists, I like to call it like that, you just see all over the place, but there's a difference in an actual artist, independent, or even if you're under a contract, where who really is speaking to the hearts of, of millions. I use Pink as a great example. That's an artist I really love and admire and mm-hmm. what she stands for. And then I always just remember of like how she has gone from like, get this party started to Dear Mr. President to... You know, mm-hmm. all these different songs she's done. Um, and you're like, wait, where, you know, where did that come from? You know, <laughs> and and I love that about her because whether you agree with her message or not, it doesn't matter. It's about that she's going to be herself, her true authentic self. Sure. And that is what people love about her. I mean, we can go to Michael Jackson, Prince, Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. I can list millions of songs and, and people that really resonated with me. Celine Dion, when I go back to My Heart Will Go On, it's mm. something about that song that always gets me emotional throughout yeah. the entire song. Mm. And and that just reminds me of you. That's what I say. When I hear you, I hear you in the, the vein of a lot of those, you know, um, artists. I see that that's where you're going to be, where Thank people you. are going to really see that and say, wow, that's that's Mika. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate that. It's been a, it's been a long, a long old journey to, to get, to get here. And when you, you know, when you hear people listening to music and, or listening to your music and, you know, um, resonating with it in that way from, you know, you're all the way over in America from, you know, I'm here in Manchester in the UK, the fact that music, you know we have this ability for music to travel you know so far and ca- and capture people's hearts and minds is so amazing isn't it and yeah it's great uh you know it makes it all um it's worth it you know it's all worthwhile anyway because it's part of expression and you know that's why I write and why I sing but when other people when it resonates with other people it's it's beautiful so thank you for saying that <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, Mika. I have one more rapid fire question. (laughs) All right. So this one is not the first. So can you tell our listeners about one of your biggest life lessons that you've learned thus far in your career? And then the second part of that question is, can you tell our listeners, how did you bounce back from the year 2020 and your experience? (laughs) Great question. Um, Okay, so I think the biggest life lesson, obviously, as you mentioned in in the opening, you know, obviously I had a spinal injury in 2020, and then we had COVID. So, you know, it was a it was a bit of a double whammy for me, let's say, in terms of 
challenges and I was obviously in, in the midst of recording this album and I suppose that was like a a real moment of like wow things couldn't really be any worse right now <laughs> you know what I mean um and feeling really kind of helpless and like you know okay what am I going to do about all of this and how am I going to fix it and I think the main the lesson that I learned from that was that resilience is so so important and also kind of like sometimes when bad things happen to you it allows you to um to rethink and reshape what your future looks like so you know in that particular situation I was in a position where I couldn't go and finish recording the album in studios which is what I'd intended to do and it took me a little while to kind of concoct this idea but then I started thinking about you know remote recording and things like that and then I I I basically decided that I was going to start working with well if I was going to do remote recording I could work with anyone in the world and so I decided I was I was going to take it and turn it into a positive and basically reach out to some of these people like in the US and um who I'd always wanted to work with and try and you know turn this very dire situation into something that I could look back on and go wow you took lemons and made lemonade really and I think you know I think that's the lesson in life for me that is you know when things look like they're going to be really tough and it seems like there's no answer there's always an answer and there's always a way to to you know rethink the situation and and turn it into something beautiful I agree I'm just so glad that you not only were able to bounce back from that and when you talk about resiliency that's actually the definition of resiliency a part of it is bouncing Mm -hmm. back and I love that you've been able to persevere because I feel like finding yourself as a musician can shift and change like with any art what if you're an artist were you drawing or whether if you're a photographer like you're going to go through experiences in this business even being a creative director where you have to to know what the artist needs know specifically how to deliver it but also Mm -hmm. in a flawless way where people can say wow that's something I never would have thought of um I'll use example like um, Sean Bankhead, who does a lot of the choreography for like Cardi B, and he's done a lot of um, different artists. I think Little Nas X, and just people that you would think, wow. And just looking at his start and where he began, and just now seeing, because I remember when he danced in a video called Promise Ring with um, mm-hmm. Tiffany Evans, and I was like, I can't believe he went from there to now, like choreographing things um, on a large scale. And so it just shows you, like, if you believe in yourself, I mean, you've had an opportunity to work with Jerry Borns and John Mm -hmm. Ellis. I mean, I could list a lot of the amazing people you've worked with and Jerry Borns working with Whitney Houston and John Ellis Mm -hmm. working with Lily Allen and Corinne Bailey Ray. I mean, it's just like, there's something about, you know, those connections we can build. And I just really admire that you didn't allow the circumstances of life to take control of your life it just only propelled you to fight harder and to that's it and smarter yeah that's it and you know it definitely it definitely doesn't come it's not something that came easily you know where where it's sort of like oh right it's fine just gonna (laughs) change it takes it takes a lot of um 
a lot of willpower, doesn't it? And mental strength in those situations to to overcome what's going on. But I think that it's so important to try and do that. And then, you know, it's, I know it's challenging, but but I think it's 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 well worth it, isn't it? When you get there. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think you're right about that. <laughs> so Mika, you did great on the rapid fire questions. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. So I have a couple of more for you. Um, this one I thought would be really fun. Um, who has your music been compared to if, if there's any specific artists? And then if you have the opportunity to work with any top 100 charting artists right now, who are you dying to work with? Oh, great question. Um, so comparisons, I get, well, I suppose a lot of vocal comparisons. So often it's sort of in, I suppose people like to put things in boxes, don't they? And so because I am a white soul singer, <laughs> I often get put in the same category as like Amy Winehouse <laughs> or Adele. Um, so, but that can only be a positive thing. They've been pretty successful, right? Uh, so definitely <laughs> those two. I have been compared to Janis Joplin, Etta James. <laughs> Again, lovely comparisons. Um, so I suppose that I, I think the one of the one of the the nicer ones, which is not vocal stuff, is that I, when I was working with Brian Maloof who obviously mixed the record and he did a lot of work with, um, well, he engineered Michael Jackson's Bad Album and he's worked with Stevie and worked with Quincy Jones. And I remember sending him one of the tracks from the album um, that we were going to work on mixing it together. And he he came, he got on Zoom and he said to me, I'm like, this is like a Quincy Jones production. And I was just like, what are you saying? Like, that was probably one of the biggest compliments I've ever had, to be honest with you. Coming from somebody who's worked with Quincy Jones to say something like that was pretty special. So definitely, definitely that one. Um, and then what was the second part of the question again? Oh, no, no problem. Um, can you tell us who you're dying oh, to work yeah, with? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm dying to work with Stevie Wonder, obviously. Like, you know, that's um, from my from my youth, I've loved Stevie Wonder. And so that's that's definitely somebody who... I'd love to collaborate with, but somebody who's in the charts at the moment, people who I think are absolutely great. Her is amazing. Um, I really, really love her music mm -hmm. and her voice and her guitar playing as well. Um, Anderson Pack, I'd love to work with Anderson Pack. Um, ooh, who else? That's such a good question. There's so many people. I'd like to work with Michael Kiwanuka. Um, this one person I would love to Alessia Carr. Oh, she's amazing as well. Yeah, I love her. She's great. I love her voice and I love Ed Sheeran, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's just been on the Brits, hasn't he? So he's, he did a lovely performance on the Brits. <laughs> he did. And I love the Brits. I mean, one thing I, I, I've always admired is just the people I've talked to from around the world. I think, especially all the people I've talked to from the UK, you guys are, have been so kind and respectful and just courteous and just, I just love it. Like if I ever had to move somewhere, I would love to move to the UK. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, that's nice. I'm to serious. Know. That's, nice to know that that's your interpretation of England. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> I've heard people had other interpretations. I'm like, but I have not had that with any person from the UK. And I'm like, 
that's why people shouldn't judge, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, I hope to come to the US at some point as well. That's, you know, maybe we can swap. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're ever touring in Louisiana one day, I would definitely be front row. I have to make it there. <laughs> sure thing, absolutely. I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a fun question for you. If you had to choose one career that didn't involve music, what would you possibly do and would you feel incomplete if you were not able to ever record again? Oof, one career that didn't involve music. I mean, that's so difficult because my entire life, I mean, it, you know, I, I did a business degree, so I definitely was always interested in business, but I suppose uh, over the years, that interest in business has has sort of evolved into an interested in, interested in music business specifically. Um. Oh, but outside of music, what would I do? I don't know. I really don't know. I used to want to run a restaurant when I was younger. I love food and I like the creativity of cooking. And But the restaurant industry is such a difficult one as well. And, you know, I think that's... <laughs> I'm probably less interested in that as I've got more involved in music. I think, though, actually saying that, one thing I would like to do is I... You know, I recently directed the music video for Preacher Man, the first single from the album. Um, and I really enjoyed directing that music video. And so directing, and I also edited it as well. So directing and editing, I suppose, would be another space that I would probably go into if I was not in music. <laughs> but yeah, if I couldn't you record again, that would That's be horrendous. <laughs> I was thinking of one that really stood out to me. I think you'd be great as a motivational speaker. Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I would like being a motivational speaker. And I also teach as well, but I do teach music. But I I really enjoy like teaching and sharing, like sharing knowledge with the next generation of musicians. I suppose that's, again, in music. But, um, but yeah, motivational speaking, I'd, I'd love to do that. <laughs> And just think about, like, you heard of the um, mobile app. It's called Calm, C-A-L-M. Yes, I have, yeah. I think you would have a great voice, like, if they ever needed a voiceover for some of the parts. I think you could do really well on there. <laughs> talk, you, talk you through a meditation. <laughs> yes, mindfulness, right? Hey, <laughs> okay, okay, I love it. Good. Still using the voice, but in a different capacity. <laughs> you have right. better ideas than me about what I should do, so... <laughs> All right, so this is going to be a real hard one for you, Mika, but I think you can handle this question. Okay. So if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you tell young Mika? Gosh, that's a great question. Um, what would I tell? Mm. I would say... <laughs> There's going to be a lot of ups and downs in this road and there's going to be a lot of mm, people, things, scenarios, situations or whatever you, however you describe them that will mm, endeavour to take you off course or take you away from your soul and your purpose and who you are <laughs> and it's fine to explore those roads but 
don't forget to return. <laughs> I love that. I really love that, Mika. I feel like that just says, you know, that you've gone through a lot of things in your life, but you've used it almost like building blocks. And one of my favorite quotes is, if I carry the bricks from my past, I build the same house. Yeah. And I love that quote. And I've always used that quote in many different parts of my life. But I think sometimes we can rebuild based on having a steadier foundation. And it's about mm -hmm. knowing what types of bricks we're going to actually use. And sometimes the bricks can be our family, our friends, our experiences, like mm -hmm. using that to build a structure that stands firm through any storm that might come. And I mm -hmm. think like you going through what you went through in 2020 helped you to become the woman you are today. And I, I love that. I think you're absolutely right. My friend was saying that to me the other day, like, you know, if you could rewind time and go back, would you, would you rewind? And I was like, oh, if you'd have asked me that, like six months ago, I'd have been like, absolutely, or a year ago. Um, But it's hard once you've traveled a road, isn't it? And gone, okay, well, this is where I am now psychologically. And obviously like there's still things, there's still work to do both physically and psychologically but you wouldn't be who you were who you are if you don't have those experiences so you know I don't think we should ever feel like time should be rewound our lives are what our lives are and that's how they're meant to be <laughs> I think <laughs> and I love that and Mika's like for my listeners Mika's saying in her experience that is what's made her who she is and that's also I think helped to heal you and work through a lot of your music. Like, I'm just so excited for June to get here so I can be one of the first people to hear, <laughs> you know, the music. Cause I think like, from what I've heard already, if it's anything like what we've heard, it's just gonna be amazing. And so we're, we're just really excited. And it kind of leads to my last question I have for you is, can you tell us what's next for you and how can our listeners find you online? Okay, well, my, your listeners can find me online by searching me up, obviously, Mika Miller, which is M-I-C-A-M-I-L-L-A-R. I know we discussed this at the beginning, so the spelling's a little bit. I get a lot of people searching for Miller uh, with an E-R, but it's with an A-R. Um, what's coming up for me? So I have another single out, um, which is on International Women's Day in the UK, which is the 8th of March, um, and it's called Girl, which I'm really excited about. That is... Um, a song about my well, it's it's inspired by my backing singers, and it's you know it's a fem a song about for female empowerment. You know, I, I hope it will be an International Women's Day anthem. Um, and then we have the yeah, I have the title track for the album out, Heaven Knows, and then the album will follow in June. Um, and I should hope I will be touring. I'll be doing some some live shows in the UK hope to you know be able to come to the US at some point in the not too distant future um but nothing scheduled at the moment um so yeah I'm really excited we've got music videos coming out with you know the tracks and um yeah the the album basically which is obviously the what it's all leading towards in June so I'm really excited about that that coming I'm excited too Mika thank you so much for First of all, Green of being on the show, and I want nothing but the best for you in your career and your life. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Thank you so much for being our guest here today and being the last guest on season five of Black Canvas. So season six will be starting very soon, you guys. But 
I'm so glad. I didn't even tell her this. So this is a big surprise. I wanted her to know she was my final guest of the season. And you did such an amazing job. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for your very deep and well thought out questions. It was a really enjoyable interview. Thank you. I enjoyed you as well, Mika. And then we're going to schedule hopefully in the near future. Um, we'll keep in contact so I can have you on my second podcast, Space Between. Um, and if you guys haven't heard of Space Between before, it is very similar to like MTV Unplugged, where we have like live performing uh, from artists. And um, I love that you have such a great voice. So if you're open to it in the future, we can schedule it and I would love to have you on. Sounds good to me. I look forward to it. All right. Well, thank you, Mika. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Lovely to meet you. Thanks again. <laughs> All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. I'm not afraid.